and welcome to the Wild Grace podcast. This is the first episode that I am recording with Sigourney. So I being Saya Hayashi, a Wild Grace trainer and good friend of Sigourney Bell, the founder of the Wild Grace movement. And we've come together today to record the first episode of the podcast. And today's topic is going to be something that is incredibly alive for both Sigourney and I. And we're talking about a new wave of relating. So this is mm. something I'm so excited to delve into with you, Sigourney. Mm. <laughs> You have taught me so much about how to relate to men mm. and how to do it in a way that is completely unique to anything that I've seen mm. on the TV or anything that I've seen, um, yeah, in movies or with other women. You know, I've really, really observed relationships it's something that I'm so fascinated by and I'll just share a little bit of my own journey has mm. been really uh to allow myself to be objectified or think that that was you know the more traditional way of finding or attracting a lover was there was definitely me putting myself uh below guys for a while and mm. then feeling really gross about that and and realizing oh I don't this isn't respecting myself I don't I know that I'm I know that I'm worth more than this mm. so moving through that style of relating to men and then going into like just becoming a bro just like <laughs> becoming like a guy like wanting to be respected by the masculine mm. by becoming masculine mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so there was that whole phase of just denying my feminine completely and trying to be a lad and, and um, being this token girl that would be a lad and also hook up with the lads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and eventually Relate. I went through that stage myself <laughs> when I was probably about 18 or 19, I think. <laughs> mm, yeah. But then I'd always feel really upset because I'd be the one that was, I'd always be hanging with the lads and then I'd have, I'd have sex with guys, but I was never the girlfriend material. And I'd I'd look at the girls, the the partners, the women that were, you know, the girlfriend material, and I was nothing like that, and I couldn't mm. understand. I was like, what is it? Like, what, are, what? Am, why am I not fitting into that, um, into that role or into that archetype? Mm. And since then, I've had a few relationships that I look back on now and I can see how they were really beautiful in the sense that there was so much respect. Mm -hmm. um, I've never had an abusive relationship in terms of um, violence or even, yeah, there's never been, violence has always been a level of respect, but um, I feel like I've demasculated partners through mm -hmm. wanting to assert my um, my power and to feel like I wasn't being objectified um, and so I think and I can really see how I blocked um, intimacy and I blocked passion and I blocked um, really 
deep, vulnerable um, sexual intimacy. And mm. that's the piece that I really would love to, to hear mm. from your perspective because what I see in you that's so unique in how you relate to men is you don't give your power away. You know, you're, you're very, you're deeply respected by your lovers, but you're also in a place of like worship and submission and in, mm. in how you receive intimacy and how you devote yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what do you have, what would you like to share on your journey with that? Yeah, it's, I'm really excited to share because it's, as you said before, it's something that's really alive in me at the moment. I I'm into really beautiful new partnerships with two really powerful, strong men that I love and respect and just think the world of and and they absolutely love, adore and cherish me as well. So, um, yeah, it's like and I'm navigating new territory and I think it's really important to speak to my journey and relationships so that people can understand where I'm coming from as well. yeah, and I've, I've actually, it's very pertinent actually because I've just written a book around this and around like why it is that I am so fascinated by relationship dynamics and why this is my path to teach this work um, because I grew up in a household where my parents were actually um, very polarised in that um, they fought a lot, like they were very, um, they were constantly at each other basically. And my dad is extremely free. He's an extremely free being. Um, he's hugely independent. He um, knows what he's here to do. He's very social and he just like, he follows his desires with very little concern for anyone else around him, which is beautiful, right? It's, it's beautiful. I love that about my dad. And my mum is completely the opposite in that my mum is, you know, she's a homebody, she loves the home environment, she loves family. She didn't used to be like that until she had me, but um, she's very much so, like, if we look at the feminine qualities and the masculine qualities of a being, like, we all have feminine masculine qualities as women and men. Um, she really holds the feminine pole in that she's really devoted to love and to connection and to developing like strong emotional connection. And my dad is not that he's devoted to freedom, which is the quality of the masculine, right? The masculine just desires to be free and the feminine desires deep heartfelt connection. She longs to be seen and heard on the deepest levels and so they really represented this like these two completely polar energies and because of that they fought and really like my whole childhood was as someone that is extremely inquisitive and always needs to know the answers to absolutely everything and and loves inquiring into understanding the root root causes of everything and that's still what I do right in my work is that I would just constantly be analyzing their relationship And from my perspective, I could see one core thing that needed to shift that would have completely transformed their relationship because I could feel that there was a deep love there. There was just a lack of um, education, understanding as how they they could actually navigate the relationship in a way that would work for both of them. And the core thing that I saw that was missing was communication and not just communication but understanding how to take self-responsibility of one's own needs and actually to be able to 
to come together and be vulnerable enough to actually navigate that territory. What I saw was a constant holding of emotion and tension um, of each other not being met and then projecting that onto each other and the relationship. And so the way I see relationships is, you know, it's there's really three parties involved. It's, well, there's actually more and I could go into that, but there's, um, you know, there's the two individuals and then there's a relationship, which is a different entity that sits in the middle mm-hmm. and it creates a field. And really we need to be concerned about, okay, who are we as individuals? What are our individual desires, needs, visions, values, loves? Have an understanding of that ourselves, first of all. And then what is the combined, um, oh, like, what is the combined um, gift of the relationship or what is the energy of the relationship? What are we here as two individual beings to create in the world? What are we here to um, dream up what is the alchemy of the two individual beings and that's the relationship and it's interesting because I've just come out of a composite chart reading with my beloved Attila in New York and um, we've just done a composite chart reading which is astrologically you blend the two charts of two individuals to create a third chart which is the relationship chart and it takes the median of the two astrology charts and it, it shows you okay this is what the highest possibility and soul blueprint of the relationship is which is like so we pulled up both of our charts we looked at the individual charts and then we looked at what is the relationship chart as well Mm. so that was really beautiful because we it really affirmed a lot of what we already felt and knew intuitively to be true it wasn't like a compromise for that it was a beautiful um, affirmation of a lot of what we were kind of feeling for ourselves Um, and Yeah, so where I see, you know, relationships going wrong is first and foremost, the person doesn't have that, the codes to sovereignty themselves. They don't know themselves deeply enough. They don't know what they're here to do. They don't know what they love about themselves. They don't know what their core values are. Um, And also they don't know how to take responsibility for what is theirs and what is not theirs. And really what I've been on my journey has been First of all, growing up, really witnessing and being so involved in um, understanding or desiring to understand relationships really deeply. And then going on a journey of probably about five years of back-to-back relationships, quite immature relationships. I was young, so from the age of 15 through to like 24. And then really starting my spiritual journey around 23, 24, when I had a massive deep psychic awakening and started moving and living in ashrams and monasteries around Nepal and India and really then starting to dive into, okay, who am I? Like, who am I beyond who I am in a community, beyond who I am amongst my friendships, beyond who I am as a family member? Like, who is this being? And so I went on a journey for seven years of just pure self-discovery and within that time frame, really there was no relation. Like, I was not relating with anyone Um, And it wasn't even a core desire. My core desire was just to know myself so deeply and to discover and unlock all of the different parts of myself and just to have an intimate understanding of who I am and what it is I'm here to do, basically, even though I wasn't really aware that that's what I was doing at the time. I was so in the, the journey of learning about myself. I wasn't aware that I was actually in this phase and stage of having to understand who I was so that then I could step more into the role that I am now as a teacher and also um, 
a devotee to exploring relationships as a gift and a vessel for soul evolution. So yeah, my, I guess I entered back into really feeling a desire to expand and explore into relationships um, probably about, just trying to think, only a year and a half to two years ago, really. However, I have been working intimately with men for about five years now, four mm. to five years. Mm. I didn't realise, though, that my desire to work so deeply with men, so I was working, to some context, for about four to five years with men, mainly men only. I only would see the odd woman. Um, doing tantric work, connecting men back to their hearts, their cocks, helping them to understand themselves um, and their desires for intimacy, their desires to experience love and connection beyond what they knew to be true. Um, I was doing that work. I was seeing roughly three men a day for four to five years. So it's something that... Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's like people... It's, it's really interesting because I was on a podcast the other day and um, it was about women's work and they're like, you know, you're a devotee to women's work. I'm like, actually... Not really. Like, yes, I am now, and that's what people see. It's like while grace is all women's work, however, it's come from my work with men and seeing just how deeply men actually are lacking in um, a connection to their feminine and also there's such a void in women and such a – like so many women are devoid of their con own connection to the feminine, so men aren't receiving – that nourishment they're not receiving that emotional connection and this goes both ways but I'm speaking to men in particular just, just because it's a deep love of mine and I've worked more deeply with men um they were coming to me and I was saying I've, I'm experiencing something I've never experienced in my life like this deep sense of um self-connection to their emotionality and to a love and a depth beyond what we see in this world because most of us are so disconnected from the feminine. And so that was like my initiation into, okay, actually, and then I was seeing a lot of couples in the end. I started to do a lot of polarity work with couples in like helping to couples to find more, a deeper union in their relationships. And often what I would end up doing is connecting um, what I would see very commonly is women that was so disconnected from their feminine and didn't know how to actually surrender and be vulnerable. Mm. Um, and that was disconnecting the whole relationship. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so that drew and drove my desire to start teaching women's work and start um, helping women to learn how to surrender into deeper receptivity and emotional connection and feminine connection to actually help then feed back into my core desire to change relationships and change the way that women relate to men right yeah. and vice versa mm -hmm. but that's my particular desire is to change the way that women relate to men because I have a particular wounding particularly in relationship to my father and my brother in in feeling a deep heartache of never feeling emotionally connected to them mm. and always desiring that but that was never there. And so my wounding around like desiring emotional connection with men coming from my patriarchal lineage of my lack of connection to my father and brother has driven me to working so deeply with men, which has driven me to wanting to work with like women because I see that 
as pivotal to actually feeding back into empowering men yeah. in this way. Yeah. So that's just like, I just wanted to go into my background a little bit because I think that's really important in the context of what we're discussing. Absolutely. And yeah. I've forgotten what your question is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was perfect. It was, this context is really important for, for people to understand your journey and, and to understand how you have come to this place because mm. I know but a lot of people don't so I end up telling your story all the time so I'm glad you got into that and yeah. this is the, the really juicy part that I would love to dive into more so I have witnessed the ways that men be men who have had a session with you how they behave around you and it's mm. been something so fascinating for me to see it's pretty much my experience has been when I've seen men around you that you've had sessions with I felt like wow that's how I want men to treat me and whatever Sigourney mm-hmm. is doing to facilitate that is mm. some some kind of magic so Mm. could you share for the women who are listening some insight or some just like some starter tools even of how we can begin to um open this up in men in in how we are with men so for any women who are in a relationship right now how they can bring their man into into this type of deep feeling and devotion Mm. like what are some of the things that you do in a session with with a man that gets to this place yeah so immediately like what came up to me when you were speaking that or what what was in my awareness was mm, men desire to be of service they really do they desire to be of service to the feminine they actually really want that we just don't know how to communicate our needs with them and we don't know how to drop into the vulnerability to express that that's actually a desire of ours as well is to have men to be in service to us, is to actually allow that in and to receive. There's a lot of what I see is like a sickness of this this day and age is that I don't like using these terms, but we are living in more of a patriarchal society where we do preference um, internet intellectual learning and logic over deep feeling, intuition, emotion. And that has pulled women into being more masculine in nature in that they have to show up and um, they – there's a preference to for women to be more in their minds than what they traditionally have been in the past. And, um, you know, that's great. Like a lot of women are more empowered in, in, in holding their own independence and being more sovereign. And it has also compromised their ability to soften and come into receptivity and to receive. You know, if we look at the qualities of our feminine nature, it relates to matter and the body and the physicality and our ability to rest back into ourselves and to be as opposed to do. Um, It's about like being able to open ourselves and to feel fully and to drop into the emotional connection of the body. And that's been largely lost. 
And there's nothing that turns a man on more than a woman that is able to surrender to him. Like a woman that is able to drop into her receptivity and receive pleasure and like feel ecstatically alive about him fully giving to her and like like penetrating her and like taking her and like but we we've been conditioned to believe that that's what that's violating that to be penetrated is to be violated and that we need to hold a sense of power and we can't like submit to a man and that makes us weak when in fact actually it's a fucking superpower like it is a power to be able to drop into provided I'm going to just take it say a little segue here provided that we feel safe to do so provided that there is the depth of connection and safety there and that we actually have mutual respect for one another like I'm not just going to go and give myself and surrender to anyone actually it's like you know I've the reason I haven't been in relationships for so long is because I haven't actually found a man that I feel um, I can fully trust and surrender to and desire to surrender to because I haven't felt a man as deeply in his power as the two men that I'm currently relating with. It's such beautifully mature masculine men. And in saying that, I've worked with, um, no, I'll come back to that. But um, so it's, surrender is not forced this is the thing it's like you don't force yourself to come into receptivity actually that's like you know complete paradox yeah it's complete paradox it's actually something that happens very naturally and organically um when we deeply respect a man's power and um allow ourselves to receive from him and that comes from learning how like the codes to surrender and pleasure in ourselves You know, like if we don't know how to activate and work our own pleasure through our body and if we don't know how to feel ourselves first, then we're going to expect that from him. We're going to put that on him. Like it's your job to actually open me and it's not. It's not his job to open you. Mm. No, and that's going to put pressure on the relationship. Mm. Um, It's your job to learn about your own body. It's It's your um job to know so deeply what you desire that you can communicate that to him and say hey like right now I'm really feeling a desire for you to touch me in this way he loves like men love when you can like ask for and be really direct and have it you know this is your masculine quality and be direct with what your needs are and what you would love Mm -hmm. um and they want to give to you and so, hmm, let me just connect for a moment. So knowing your own body, knowing your own desires, knowing what it is you love is so key. And that was really that seven-year journey for me into studying tantric arts and so many different um, fields of relating and intimacy was like really learning about, okay, what is it that I love? And now that I have that deep connection with myself, I can just you know, I can, I have, I feel empowered to ask for what it is that I need. And then if someone can't give that to me, then that's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I've got a question whether I want to be in a relationship with that person. Um, but now I, it's not like that in my relationships. Like they totally like love and adore giving to me and I feel like my needs are totally met and, and vice versa. I absolutely adore and love 
um, devoting myself to the man in my life. Like I love, I absolutely adore bringing a man into his cock and opening his heart through his cock because this is the other thing you've got to remember is men and women are biologically very different um, to what activates them. And so traditionally, I'm going to say traditionally um, because it's not really we're moving into a new age and era where <laughs> anything is possible. Um, and also there are no um, rights and wrongs, but traditionally speaking, a man's heart is open through his cock. When his sex is alive and on, his heart comes on board and he wants to give to you. Um, what a woman, what opens a woman is when she's deeply emotionally connected to and her heart is connected to. Where that goes wrong is that a woman like women often will not want to give to a man because they want to feel emotionally connected to first. But if the man is, if a man's not in his heart because he doesn't have um, like his sex is not activated or he's not turned on or, you know, then, and his heart's not on, he's not going to want to give to a woman. Mm. And then there's creates these battles, you know, and this disconnection. Um, so the real key is like learning how to give, learning how to activate these parts in ourselves, learning how to give, this back to ourself um so that I you know when I'm in my pleasure and um when I can feel myself fully I naturally am in overflow and I want to give to my man I want to serve him I want to actually like pleasure him I want to worship him I want to bring him into his cock energy and activate his heart and then naturally he wants to give back to me and he wants to be of service to me and it creates this beautiful union connection and that's not that's it's a bit of a blueprint and a very like stereotypically tantric point of view of looking at polarity. Mm. And I want to just name that, you know, in my experience of working with men, I've experienced a variety of different, like there's no, I can say there's no set template, you know, it's like some men's sex are activated through their heart. I've seen that it's very, it's less common, but I've seen that some men actually open sexually when their heart's connected to, they have a stronger feminine pole. And mm. so it's really, but that again comes back to understanding yourself and what turns you on so you can communicate that and find out how you can meet each other right. from that place. Yeah. Instead of like having all of these unspoken desires and then trying to like serve the other and you don't even know how to communicate what you want. You know, and it just creates all of this tension. Um, mm. I'd love to go into a little bit. You mentioned the template and you even mentioned, you know, the, the archetype of your dad and your mom and how that played out and how you've come to mm. relate. And I really, I really witnessed this in myself and in every person, actually, that what we have seen in our parents has been, mm. you know, has been the primary model that we've grown up with of mm -hmm. how a man and a woman relate how love mm -hmm. plays out mm -hmm. um how feminine and masculine should be and mm. um that can be really limiting for us right and mm -hmm. I I can really I'm really seeing more than ever right now my own limitations from how m my mother's imprint and how she was very much the she was always holding the masculine pole. Mm. So I, I saw the feminine. My actual modeling of the feminine was very unorthodox in the sense that mm. my mum wore the trousers. She mm -hmm. was the dominant one. She was the one calling the shots. And she didn't really mm. like, she wasn't 
good at being vulnerable or mm. receptive. She mm. did believe she deserved and wanted to receive, but it was from a dominating space. It was like from an mm. entitled more space and mm-hmm. therefore mm-hmm. my my dad had this kind of submissive martyr role that he played of mm-hmm. feeling like he just had to um give to her and she was the one in charge and there was this like you know, I could just see unhealthy um things playing out and now I can see in myself sometimes how I've mm-hmm. taken on some of that template and mm-hmm. I, and I really want to really rewrite that and clear that and I can see more often in other women that they've taken on their mother's um their mother's martyr role or their mother's kind of floppy feminine you could say and they're trying to relinquish that and balance that and feel more sexual empowerment that their mothers didn't have so just I guess speaking to how we can clear our parents templates and come into (laughs) what we actually the embodiment of love and relating that we truly Mm. desire instead of just playing out the parents yeah subconsciously yeah it's a lifelong journey (laughs) (laughs) it never ends (laughs) it's an unlearning process that we're not only unlearning from our parents we're unlearning from their lineages um we're unlearning from societal conditioning, collective conditioning. We're unlearning Disney. from, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, um, from the ages of zero to seven, we're most impressionable um, in terms of like taking on conditionings of what's in our environment and conditionings from our parents and, and from our schooling system and education and from the world around us because we haven't yet developed our logical minds yet, our ability to discern and think for ourselves. So it's just like we feel the energetic imprints of what's happening in our environment and what's happening with our parents and we actually feel them as our own as children because we're running from our primordial self and from our primal body which just feels and reacts, you know, like an anim- like um, with the exception of some animals which have frontal lobes and prefrontal cortexes they're actually just responding to frequency and to feeling. They're very kinesthetic and they're very in the animal body, you know. Mm. And as children, we're actually in that, like, to get our needs met, we need to, like, cry or scream, right? We need to be emotional. We need to animate our bodies because we can't – we don't have language. Mm. We don't have, like, the ability to discern logically and also then verbalise that and communicate that with the world around us. And so – Ages zero to seven, we're hugely impressionable because we don't know what's ours and what's not. We haven't we haven't developed that filter system to go, okay, I'm feeling this. Where's this coming from? Is this mine? Is that yours? Um, and even when we do develop our logical minds, even that's still difficult to know whether it's yours or not. Like I'm still sometimes like, you know, and, and my thing is like if you're feeling it, it is yours. Even if it is a part of the collective, if it's if it's harmonizing within your own body and like there's something there that is also related to you. And to know we're not separate anyway. It's like we're like always constantly feeling things that are not our own and equally they are our own. Um but really yeah, so we we carry the imprints of our parents primarily um, will mirror our internal constructs of our inner masculine is generally the voice or like 
um, the construct of our maternal, oh, sorry, paternal, um, our father, like our biological father. Our inner feminine usually is um, represented by our biological mother and the child within us or our emotional connection, our connection to our core needs is um, the child within us that was in relationship to our parents growing up. And if until we decide consciously that we want to grow beyond our conditioning patterns, we're going to be showing up like mirroring what we know, what we learned. Mm. Um, it is our job once we have awareness, some kind of spark of awareness at some point in time, once we have that spark of awareness of, hey, this is not how I want to be showing up, it's our job then to unlearn those patterns and to be in deep self-inquiry and to actually go into processes that take us out of like preconditioned and to like imprinting new ways of being and thinking in the world that are uniquely our own um, and that well, also uniquely our own but also more divine imprints. You know, we have these divine um, imprints of divine father and divine mother or like pure earth matter, pure cosmic connection. Um, it is our job to undo everything that is in the way of coming back to the purity of these these kind of archetypal energies within ourselves and then showing up um, from that space. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need to maybe elaborate on that a little bit. But, um, yeah, and, I mean, there's so many different ways you can do that. There's so many different bodies of work that are about unlearning, you know, like even just plant medicine journeys are all about like undoing the like conditioning and the holdings in the body so that you can actually understand yourself on a more deep, a deeper level and, and show up from that more authentic um, space within you as opposed to like, you know, from a conditioned space. And then there's, you know, bodies of work like Tantra and Neo-Tantra and, there's so many different fields of um, and bodies of work that are teaching intimacy and relating, like healthy intimacy and relating these days. And that's what we do in Wild Grace as well. Like mm. there's a lot of work around like, you know, actually connecting back to the more divine masculine and feminine and pure divine child energies and actually reconstructing our own family unit um, internally. Mm. So, yeah, I think there's also a lot to be said about being around and being able to be witness to people who are examples of new ways of relating. Mm -hmm. So just knowing that other ways are possible is is hugely impactful. And like, Mm. you know, there's there's some books like Sex at Dawn, which can just completely reframe everything we've learned about sex and monogamy and and just give another viewpoint and um I know that a big part of me being able to see what's possible has just been to see people in real life and even Hmm. um through podcasts actually I've I've learned a lot through um listening to podcasts with couples who speak of the way that they relate and it's like Mm. whoa Mm. oh that's how you that's how Mm. you do things that that these are your rules your agreements this is how you get your needs met um because this we haven't 
if you if you don't know it's possible if you can't see someone doing it it's it's hard for the mind to comprehend yeah something different to what we've seen over and over again with our parents and over and over again in, in Disney movies it's like we almost need to <laughs> see other models mm-hmm. and as well as work on unlearning yeah um, yeah 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 unlearning then re- like um imprinting new models and maps for ourselves yeah and finding what works for us because it, there's no set formula you know like mm. two individuals um coming together creates a completely unique relationship and so it's our like it's really exciting actually to think that like you know um that there's like no single relationship that can put, like that can show you exactly how what's going to work for you. It's like it's your job to pull from various places and spaces what works and, you know, unlock different keys within yourself to, mm-hmm. to come more fully into, like, what what is relationship for you? Like, what, what do you want to create? Like, what is the alchemy of this particular relationship? And it's, like, it becomes interesting because, like, I'm in two relationships at the moment, you know? And then it's, like, relating with two different beings and, like, the – that creates a whole nother like layer and level of um, it's just a whole nother um, dynamic, yep. you know? So anything's possible. It's just about finding like what it is that you love and what you want to create. And that's actually really exciting. Mm. Um, so slightly on a different tangent, but it's mm. just been really coming up. Like <laughs> must go into this. Yeah. Um, cock worship (laughs) we've actually spoken about this a couple of times because there's been a couple of times where i've tried to set up situations right to like show you and like actually go into it because i love like i love worship worship, worshiping cock Mm. like i absolutely adore it um (laughs) it brings me so deeply it drops me into such deep levels of devotion and receptivity and pleasure like i actually Sometimes if I'm like, you know, I'm having sex with my partner or there's something and I'm just like, oh, if I'm receiving and I'm just like, oh, I'm like not fully dropping into it. Like I'm like in my head a little bit. I'm like, "Mm, actually, I'm going to mix it. I want to, I feel like giving. And sometimes giving for me is far more pleasurable than receiving. Yeah. Um, Like I love like I feel like it gives me power and it gives me life force. Like I can actually feel the power of a man's cock and I'm like, oh. And I also love bringing him into his power so that he can then penetrate me and I can just like receive from him as well. Mm. But um, there's like. Oh God, it's making me horny. <laughs> I love that you use the word horny because I just don't even use it. It's not even in my vocabulary. It's so funny. What and when, do you say? Um, I don't know actually. I don't know. You must have another word. Like, what do you say when you get all juiced up and sexual energy is running high? Mm. I actually don't know what I say. That's really interesting. Mm. Anyway. um, Back to the cock question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking notes. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for me, it's because there's something around it's like I'm not scared of a man in his power. I was scared of a man in his in his full power. Mm. And I think because mm. society has like actually created this image of like men can in some ways men can be monsters. 
Because like men, we're so dis- they're so disconnected from their actual true power and primal essence. Like we're not on the earth anymore. We're not like you know hunting, and we're not like you know men aren't providing in the way that they potentially used to. Like through like bringing home the the catch and like um, building the house, building the house, and just having their feet on the fucking land. You know, like there's so much power in, in the environment and the land, and because um, men are so disconnected generally well we all are actually from our primal power like it's it's a huge issue like even just walking on concrete ground and being in the city it's like instantly like there's this lack of disconnection from the pure raw earth energy that's like wants to emanate and move up and through us and animate our bodies and you know bring our animal online um and because men are disconnected from the animals I have been, it's like they don't realise that that's missing often, that they actually need that connection to that roughness and that rawness and, like, you know, and also it's demonised. Like it's it's shut down and, and it's seen as something that is, like, aggressive. Like we've framed it as, like, it's aggressive. Whereas, like, I love when my man is like fully in his primal power and when he wants to take me you know yeah like I absolutely I fucking get turned on by that Mm. but um so how can we as women who want that because I really think that this is something that most of us want and desire is to be taken by a man but we're not um maybe knowing how to invite it or set the space or how to how to bring a man into his you know into that space what would you what would your suggestions be yeah because it is about inviting it in Mm. it comes naturally on board like when he it's like when he sees that he's invited into that space and when he can feel your like desire for that then he's going to naturally come into that and want to give that to you Um, But there's also a lot of, like, I feel a lot of conditioning that needs to be worked on individually within the feminine to actually feel safe to be penetrated Mm. as well because, Mm. you know, if you've had any sexual trauma or if there's anything there that's, like, blocking your ability to feel safe to, like, let go and trust the masculine to, to penetrate you, and to like you know then um like if we've if we've correlated primal power with um aggression or violence because that's actually been a reality for us then we're not going to want to surrender to a male mm-hmm. or, or to anyone's masculine as in the, the power of someone because it's dangerous there's that association with it it equals danger and so we're not going to want to surrender to that and there's going to be guards and defenses Mm-hmm. And because he's not trusted, he because then he, then because he's not trusted, and he can feel that men are so perceptive, their minds are sharp. They can feel that. They can feel when a woman's not, closing, not yeah, yeah, closing and doesn't trust them and doesn't want to like let go to them. Then that causes them, and so then they don't want to actually take you anymore. Mm. Like there's not that desire to take the woman because she's not open to it, mm. and so then automatically there's tension in the relationship. 
and this is what I used to see in the men coming to see me. Like I'd see men that were in relationships. I would see men that were um, basically keeping their relationships alive through seeing me as a practitioner. Mm. Um, because they knew something was missing because their women, the, the women that they were with were not, receptive and we're not open to um what it is that they desired and they were often shut down actually their needs would be shut down very regularly um and so they had to outsource that to keep their relationship alive because it's a need it's not it's not like it's not um it's actually not compromisable like it is a core need for everyone to feel like they can actually go to the depths of their being and bring through their authentic self. Like, and wherever that's shut down, they, so you're going to find another way to, or another avenue to find that, to serve that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not in the relationship, it'll be outside of the relationship. But I actually really honoured these men for coming to me to actually serve their relationship they were like they were coming to me so they could keep their relationship alive, and that kind of broke my heart because I was like, they weren't actually. Um, while some of them were coming to me without permission of their partners, I still honoured them because I thought that was beautiful that they weren't. They were seeing a practitioner for that, you mm-hmm. know, and I was seeing someone mm-hmm. that was actually yeah. um, helping them to to have that need met so they could serve the relationship and. Um, as opposed to cheating or going to, you know, just going to a, a sex worker who hasn't actually got an, any intention to bring more awareness to the, yeah. root, the root need. Yeah. Like a quick, quick fix. You, people who are coming to you are not, there's there's more there's more awareness than, oh, just a, give me a quick fix. It's like, I Yes, because I wouldn't have that. Like if someone came to me and wanted that, it's a no to working with me but um and some people probably disagree to what I'm saying right now and say you know there's a lot of conditioning around right or wrong and probably say that that's not right and whatever but my my heart's reaction to these men coming to see me even when it wasn't consensual was this is really fucking beautiful and touching Mm -hmm. um and I saw a lot of it um where were we going with this so cop worship. <laughs> so, so cop yeah, worshiping. Like, yeah, coming yeah. back to cop worship for mm. someone who, for the listeners who may be completely un, like unaware of what that would even, mm. how to begin such practice. But for a woman who deeply desires to mm. invite and to surrender to worshiping their partner's mm. cock, what mm. would you say would just be some starting points for that? Yeah, so I'm going to give an example of, like, this week I'm setting up a date. So I'm initiating it. I've asked him when he's free and he's told me Wednesday night. So I've said I want to um, give to you on Wednesday night. I feel like um, these are my exact words and actually my desires, like, this is not fabricated at all, but um, my partner works really fucking hard and... um, you know, he owns seven companies. He's, he has probably an hour to himself a day to actually do what he loves. He's a really fucking hard worker and I honour that in him and I love that about him. Um, 
even though it means I don't get much time with him and that's fine. Like I, I really value his vision and love him for that. And um, so I really want to give to him because I know that he doesn't have space in his life to receive and I know he doesn't receive much and he's in a service role and it provides me with so much. Like it really touches my heart to be able to give back to him and know that I'm actually through giving to him. He's serving so many people. I'm like, ah, oh, that like feels so rewarding for me and it really opens me. And so I've um, asked him when he's available because the other thing, like you need to know that I have space and time to receive as well. Um, I've set a date. I've told him that I'm going to be um, giving to him on Wednesday and um yeah so I'm gonna go around to his house I'm gonna cook him dinner I'm going to set up a space and bring in some beautiful oils and feathers and I'm gonna dress up and um make myself look fucking amazing and just treat him like I'm going to uh, massage his body and just allow him to fully relax into himself and just enjoy fully giving to him like for the night mm. you know with no actually no expectations other than to just like enjoy um enjoy giving to him yeah mm. Mm. amazing like that sounds good and I think part of it is like getting out of your own way it's mm-hmm. like I could, you know, I could look at all of the reasons why I wouldn't want to give to him and why, like, you know, it's like, oh, he doesn't make any space for me. Like he has very little time for me and he works too hard and doesn't prioritise his relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could be focusing mm-hmm. on my own my own shit or I could be like, oh, this human has a huge fucking vision and mission for the world this human turns up to work so many hours a day to like serve the world mm-hmm. and like fuck I desire to give to him mm-hmm. you know like it's like there's That's always it. ways in a relationship you can find the holes and and the reasons why like it's it's not good enough and the reasons why it shouldn't work and um you know like, this, it's easier, actually. It's fucking far easier to demasculate a man. It's far easier to find all of the ways that um, they're doing things wrong or all of the ways that you don't, like, um, all of the things you see that turn you off. It's actually easier. It takes a fucking shit ton of, condition, like, undoing conditioning to, to actually move through your own shadows around your projections of someone and to go... What is the truth here? And what do I want to create here? Mm. I want to create a beautiful fucking loving connection. This, I know, like I fucking know that this person, this is his life. Mm. It's my choice to step into that. Mm. Like I I can't, like if I know that, that he only has say three hours a week for me and I'm still showing up for it and then I'm pissed off and I'm projecting my stuff onto the relationship, that's my own problem. Mm-hmm. It's not his. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm walking into. <laughs> so I, I love him so much that um, um, 
like I can only now see and it's actually taken me a while to to get over my own self in this relationship Mm. like at the start I was like oh my needs aren't being met and I was like pissed off and throwing a tantrum and I was fully in my child around it and I'm like I need this and this and this and it's like well that's actually not realistic in this in this relationship dynamic Mm -hmm. so I either need to find that myself or I need to be in another relationship or I need to to consciously and I'm actually it's beautiful because my other relationship really serves this part of me and I need I need to be realistic and see what this relationship actually is like Mm. what what actually is this versus what is our fantasy of this relationship Mm. I think that's actually really important to know like what is our fantasy based upon like what it is that we feel like we want from the relationship and what is actually real (laughs) like what is real in this relationship yeah. And do I still want to be in it if that's the case, mm. you know? Yeah, it's like you're taking – it's taking a proactive role instead of taking an mm-hmm. entitled role. And mm-hmm. it can be very easy to be entitled and to de- mm-hmm. demasculate a man and have all – be in our child, um, but it's actually so much more mm. honourable to – be proactive and, and to mm. recognize the the challenges that your partner's going through and how you can actually help mm. and be of service. Mm. And 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 it's 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 really tricky because I see a lot of people are in service to the wrong thing. They become martyrs to the relationship, and they're actually overgiving, but they're overgiving in all the wrong ways yes. as well. So there's like there's such a fine line. I don't want to encourage yes. the belief that like to be of service like you need to be of service either because it's it's really if that's not fueling you and bringing you life and pleasure then there's still some kind of discord there like it's not quite right whereas like like me being of service is actually I'm being filled at the same time like I actually love being of service to my man because actually the the common unity thread there is that our relationship and like me being of service to him and him being of service to the world and then him then being and giving back to me is actually creating something really beautiful that is serving the world and it's serving my values and his. Mm. If the values aren't aligned, then we're going to feel disconnected to the desire to give and receive to the person because what is what is it that we're giving and receiving to, which is the relationship, what is the energy of the relationship creating? Mm. That makes sense? Yeah. So, like, yeah. for example, yeah. if I was with someone that, like, I didn't fully value what he was doing in the world, I didn't, like, love his mission, I don't even actually believe in what he's doing, um, then I'm not going to want to give to him because it's only fueling that. Right. Oh, right? This is really good. <laughs> yeah. So right now, the two relationships I'm with in, I'm just going to use my own relationships because I think it's really important, like it's valid and to what I'm talking about. Um, Both men are in deep service to the world in a way that I also am. We have the same values. We have the same mission. We are creating something that is in harmony, Mm. right? Like, Oh, this is so important. It's yeah, really, really important. So it's like, where's your energy going to? Because that's because that's where the passion actually comes from. If you, yeah, if you can see the work that 
your partner's doing and you you love yes. that work too then you're just giving yes. with like oof, it's like yeah, yes give more to the world here i'm giving you some because you're giving like, you're giving to his cock which is then his cock is how he's like giving to the world and if you don't actually or like to others if you like don't desire the way that he's showing up in the world you're just fueling that energy you know if perhaps your partner is like um doing something you don't even understand and you're like this yeah. <laughs> like this is like this lack of unity and like what it is that's being created f- I'm trying to get this right <laughs> I feel like I've gone off track a little bit um yeah, no, I'm just going to trace it back to what I was sharing before and that, like, the higher vision of, like, where the energy has been cultivated to and moved into is, like, pivot. Like, it's it's so central to, like, the relationship working. Because mm. yeah. you're creating this circuitry of energy between you two, but then the energy is, like, moving towards something. It's, like, what are you moving towards? You know, if there's, like, a lack of, like integrity in the vision or if there's like we don't support one another's vision then that's just going to create friction you know it doesn't matter how like much you love cock mm-hmm. and how, like you're not going to want to worship a, a cock that's like putting something out in the world that like doesn't align with your values totally yeah so it's like whereas like i'm just like i can feel where the energy that i'm giving to my partners is going i'm like oh it's going into this like and i'm just like so like it just naturally brings me so much pleasure. Mm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what about for? I see a lot of. I notice that there are men who, I I believe every man deeply desires this, but a lot have resistance to receiving mm. and fear mm. around receiving mm. that much and being devoted to. So mm. if that is happening. What would you suggest mm. if you're if you're meeting resistance from yeah. uh, a lover in being able to just receive? Yeah, from... yeah, that's a beautiful question because it kind of links back to what I was saying at the start in that the a man equally has a, a feminine and a masculine um, within him, and a woman also has a feminine and a masculine. In order for a relationship to be really successful, um, and when I say successful, in order for a relationship to be able to constantly come back to a point of harmony and deep love it requires us to have connection to both parts of ourselves internally the man has to have a connection to his feminine and masculine the woman a connection to her feminine and masculine because we are um fluid right at the level of the soul like we actually um are constantly moving between these poles within us um it's not fixed and in like it so a man's not going to surrender to a woman that can't doesn't have a strong masculine and can't be present with him. Mm, and so this is an this yes. is this is another thing that I would see time and time again with men coming to me, would automatically they'd be like I I've never felt this way before. It's because I I actually can hold a really strong masculine and state of presence and instantly in that moment they're going to feel safe to surrender. It's the same as a woman. When a man's fully present with her, she feels safe to, to soften. When he's not, then she's not going to. Um, it's exactly the same for a man. If, she, if you can hold a really strong state of presence, he's going to feel safe to, to soften into his emotional body. 
Mm. Um, and really it's about us being able to hold that for him as well and for us to, like, hold space for him to actually also go into his feminine and connect to his vulnerability um, mm. when that's required. Um, because actually, you know, a man that's not able to soften into his emotional connection, his vulnerability actually can't be as strong and powerful because you can't, like, if you're holding in your body, if you're holding tension, if you're holding um, anything that's, like, rigid or, like, that's um, not true, then it's actually going to block your connection to your true power and strength. And so it's the same for a man as it is for a woman, you know. Um, and, yeah, so it's about having, I guess, fluidity within the self to be able to move between the two within your within yourself, yeah. to be flexible with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I've seen is that, like, the men that have dropped into deep vulnerability with me and have learned how to establish that deep emotional connection, actually they walk out stronger out of, you know, after a session, for example, they're like, actually more connected to their like body and their cock and their physical um power center if they've like allowed themselves to to also drop into their emotional body and move whatever is blocking their true power from coming through does that make sense yeah 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 i don't know if i explained that very well but um hmm Mm-hmm. No, I understand completely what you're sharing. This is really, yeah, I'm finding it very interesting and easeful for me to apply it to certain situations mm. where I've related to a lover and not, yeah, not been able to actually hold that masculine pole that was needed for mm. them to surrender because mm. I think we can get stuck with it. the tendency that I see for most couples is, is like one you get stuck in the one and yeah. you don't know how to um, adapt or diversify and be able to go into the other so women yeah. needing to strengthen their masculine in, yeah. so that they can hold they can initiate they can mm-hmm. um, hold a container create mm-hmm. some safety for their lover and, and mm-hmm. for men to learn how to let go and receive mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. come into their feminine so mm-hmm. really it's us doing our opposite work to like what we've been born the gender we've been born into maybe or whatever we've decided to incarnate as and, and express as to be understand to strengthen the other side yeah so that a, we can yeah it's about yeah. having range yeah exactly and range. a scope and a spectrum of like self because the thing is it's like we all have every possible quality within us and where we're denying any part of ourselves it 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 reduces um the fullness of power that we can experience as beings and so um yeah it is about like deeply exploring um and learning to have um access to all of the parts of who you are and then being able to hold that in another person being able to hold and be the container for them to go into all of the parts of themselves. And if you are comfortable with doing that for yourself, if you're comfortable with holding yourself in your rage and in your fire and your 
pure raw power and in that state of deep awakening when you're like totally out of control and you can do it for another if you don't know how to relate to that aspect of yourself you're scared of that part of yourself then you're not going to be able to hold it for another and the other person will feel the miscongruence within you the other person will feel like oh they like they don't know that part of themselves I'm not going to reveal that part of myself Mm. because we are mirrors and we only go as deeply as the the person that's sitting in front of us can hold themselves so it's like first learn how to be with every aspect of who you are and then when you're sitting in front of someone you can be with that part of them without like trying to like um without shaming it without being repelled by it without wanting to run you can just be present with it like I actually love um I love in relationship being able to hold a man in his feminine having like hold like holding him crying. I think it's the most beautiful thing ever. Mm. I think it's stunning. Mm. Um, whereas a lot of people, you know, there's so much conditioning around men being emotional mm-hmm. and so much suppression of that. Um, and, and within women as well, but more deeply within men. Um, and I see that as being power. Mm. So I'm just feeling how you've you're share, you're sharing how you can bring a man into his cock and like into the power that lives in his cock and then mm. to really um, into that masculinity and mm. but at the same time you can hold a man in his in his emotional body Mm. and in his I can hold a man in whatever is arising for him because Mm. I have um I am committed to my deepest commitment is to the fullness of expression of the feminine in whatever way that looks and sometimes that will be power sometimes that will be deep grief sometimes that will be rage um and I'm committed to the truth of the moment and really serving that in whatever way that looks. Um, so, like, that's a part of, like, with intimacy too is, like, letting go of, like, your desired outcome of what you want in a situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, even just letting, like, it's having constructs mm-hmm. and then entirely just letting them go. It's, like, what if mm-hmm. you want to, like, you get juiced up and you like, you know, you're taking my advice and you want to, like, give to your man and you want him to receive and he doesn't want to. <laughs> like, what if it's, like, you, you get to that point and it's, like, oh, that's not, what, that's not what, what's not alive at the moment. Like, actually, this is what's alive. Mm. So it's being able to hold space for whatever's alive in the dynamic of the relationship and, and coming back to truth. Mm. And that's where you'll find your deepest pleasure and turn on, mm. actually. Like, mm. it's not through any means of performance at all it's like undoing performance undoing any constructs of what you desire what's true here like mm. in this mm. moment you know it's like oh he's like his heart's closed and he's um you know feeling some grief around something that happened at work it's like well then he's not gonna you're not in that state you're not gonna be able to experience true pleasure it's like let's let's go to your heart let's connect with that let's speak to that so it's like, yeah, and then it's like the pleasure naturally arises when um, when it's true 
and this is the tr- this is the true like a lot of people are speaking to the feminine as being like pleasure or the feminine is this it's like fuck she doesn't want to be called anything she doesn't mm-hmm. want to say she's pleasure and she is sensuality and it's like no she is whatever is arising in that moment and how dare you label her as like as her looking a certain way because the whole entire construct of the feminine is there is no construct like there is like you can't predict her like in a single moment like the weather might completely flip and you don't know that that's going to come and that's the same as nature which is our true nature which is like the gateway to truth which is the gateway to deep intimacy is like through a deep commitment to truth And then it's finding the truths that align, you know. It's like having a deep commitment to truth and it's like does your truth align with that person's truth? And that's what creates unity in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Some juicy nuggets there. (laughs) I can see you, like, ticking over a little bit in your mind. (laughs) Always piecing it together. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's so good because even these concepts that you know you've explored so deeply, and I've been exploring these concepts for a while. It's mm. having these conversations just really helps to anchor in mm. how we can apply it to what's current in mm. in our world, and that's changing all the time. And so mm. this conversation will be applicable in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah thank you so much yeah you're welcome Mm. yeah that feels like a wrap hey it feels like we've just completed it It was like boom and now like oh like (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's good yeah Yeah, you're welcome i i literally could talk about this all day every day (laughs) it's like my core passion yeah um so yeah thanks for speaking to me today and hopefully that was useful for you all um Mm. When is your next book going to be out? Aiming for September. At the moment, I'm sitting with, I've, I've written it and something. You've actually completed the yeah, content. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've completed the content. I've signed up for the next stage of publishing and there's something missing in the book and this is where I'm like, ah. And it's interesting because after a conversation I had this morning, I think it's because one of my beloveds has to contribute his words to the book. Like I think he's got parts to add. Um, so I think it's actually going to be a combined nice. combined effort. Yeah, because I was like, there's something missing. There's a voice missing. It's not my own. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is it? Um, so, yeah, but it will be regardless of that. I, it will be launching in September. Does it have a name? Yeah, yeah it's Rapture, A Holy Awakening. Um, so so relating for planetary evolution is the tagline so it's it's about like basically relationships is a path to soul growth and soul union in relationship to like where we're headed planetarily with like what's evolving like in our consciousness and where we're headed in terms of like what relationships are wanting to emerge and the way relationships are wanting to evolve as opposed to like where they've been. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like how, and how relating can contribute to creating um, 
a more harmonic and syntropic, and I use the word syntropic, I love the word syntropic, um, environment and ecosystem for planetary evolution and um, movement yeah. away from the old constructs and more towards soul consciousness on the planet. Mm. So. Nice. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. awesome well thank you for listening that's a wrap first wild grace podcast with sigourney bell yeah. thank you for joining us thanks for joining us and um head to our website www.thewildgracemovement.com if you want to find out more about our offerings we have just brought in men into the space we have three juicy new male facilitators one being my partner who will be on the august training um and yeah we have a variety of trainings up and coming so we'd love for you to explore that if it's something that feels alive for you and yeah thanks for having me on Saya. Mm-hmm. pleasure and there's the also the wild grace instagram which you can follow if you're not already yeah following instagram.com yeah, slash the wild grace movement